3: Watch me burn down everything BDE
2: on the TV set When I'm in control on the roll You can never really know what's up next Hello 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 Davey Portman here from Up Next Postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Podcast Addict, iTunes Wherever you find your podcasts We are here with you and you found us Thank you for coming This is take two on Up Next 2.0 tonight A few technical difficulties because I am running everything tonight as as Brayden, uh, unfortunately, is in Mexico having a terrible time, I'm sure, uh, sat by the pool sipping frozen margaritas while the rest of us peasants are just here living our lives uh with covid omicron all of that in our lives but let's not be too down folks it is the holiday season christmas is just around the corner everyone's having a good time i hope and i'm having a good time tonight because i'm not on my own i am joined by a good friend of mine a mr jesse from the six jesse how are you doing today I'm doing well, Davey. Thank you for inviting me on.
3: It's it's a great honor. Uh, everyone's wondering what Adam Cole, what gift he's got the Young Bucks. And uh, it turns out that you have stolen his
2: thunder because you have given the gift of me to the good Up Next listeners. Absolutely. You are our secret Santa this year. Our first gift uh, day Day, what is it? Day twenty-one on our Advent calendar, we get a Jesse from the six. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a while since we've we've had you on one of our shows. Uh, I know we've had you on a we had you on that epic Wrestle Kingdom we did uh, a couple of years ago, where we did the all nighter of doing both shows back to back, and thought it'd be a great idea to go for a few drinks in between shows, <laughs> get ramen, drink sake, and then record after 10 hours of wrestling and drinking at about six in the morning. Uh, looking back, I, I, I don't know if I'll be doing that again this year. Um, certainly I think that Noah show could, might, might give it a miss. Um, but yeah, uh, when did we last have you on one of these? Was that the last show we did together?
3: No, I was on for a few um, uh, Dynamite reviews last summer because we were in your back patio Oh, yeah. Uh, So I was doing a couple of those. And I think I was I did a short reaction pod with uh, Scorpio, Sam and and Brayden for All Out because you weren't there because obviously you were at the show. I think Brayden wanted to do a quick 15 minute reaction pod. So I was on that. But yeah, I've uh, my appearances have been my dates have been limited in the past couple
2: of years. That's right. Um, yeah, so it's been a while since we've talked to each other. Obviously, we live in the same city. We we uh, try and uh, keep in touch as best we can. Um, things are kind of amping up a little bit in regards to to COVID over here. Um, I, I gotta say, I haven't had the best of days, to be honest. Um, I it, those of you that listen know I I work in a bar and uh, the like Doug Ford the um, the what is he the the mayor? No, not the mayor. Our That's esteemed
3: boy. premier, the premier That's of it. Ontario.
2: The premier of Ontario um, has added some new restrictions, which means now fifty percent capacity um, at like bars, restaurants, um, cinemas, all venues, that kind of thing. Uh, but also a curfew of ten PM, which um, which kind of sucks when you when you work in a bar because I personally make most of my money between the hours of 10 and 2am. And um, I personally can't really see the logic behind it. Um, From experience, I know most people that I'm serving, I hear say, oh, you're closing now. Let's all go back to my place, Um, which seems maybe not the most sensible thing to do during these times when you could just maybe keep them in an establishment where you know everyone's vaccinated and etc um so i can't say i'm i'm best pleased um especially around this time where christmas new year is where we make our money and we're going to be closing at 10 p.m on new year's eve so uh i've kind of been dealing with that a lot and trying to work out how um i'm gonna get through um (laughs) this time because january and february sucks anyway in this industry so uh morale is down for sure um and i know a, a lot of friends this omicron variant is kind of picking up i've had a couple of scares this week a few co-workers have tested positive i've had three tests personally this week all have come back negative but uh it's yeah it's getting a little a little frustrating with this thing because we thought we were kind of out of the woods with this or or maybe not out of the woods but but getting towards the clearing you know getting towards the end and um and all this it's it's kind of uh it feels like history is repeating itself a bit so i don't know expect to load more random watch alongs on twitch at the weirdest hours possibly in the next few months uh i know this time last year was when we really amped up the twitch thing because of Uh, because of COVID and uh, expect maybe a lot more of that moving forwards. But um, that's my little rant uh, to start with. And I kind of want to get it off my chest because I've, uh, I can't say I've been too happy uh, the last day. And I know a lot of my friends are, who are in the industry are feeling the same. And I'm sure amongst other industries as well are, are really, really feeling it as well. Um, But I will say to kick things off, uh, this is an NXT podcast. And as you know, we used to go head to head with AEW on a Wednesday. It was the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT versus AEW. And it was BD, sorry, no, it was uh, Up Next versus Rewind a Dynamite. And we thought those days were behind us, but uh, it seems it's not because I, I know right now going on on Zoom, uh, competing with up next is the post-wrestling crew with their spider-man review and i will say I, I am very happy i managed to get in to see this film uh before uh before all these restrictions kicked in and i i'm not gonna do any spoilers uh here because uh, i know that's all happening on the other channel and i know uh Braden and i will be talking about that but uh jesse i just wanted to check with you because this is a a big thing and there seems to be a big crossover uh with kind of wrestling fans and these these comic book movies um have have you had a chance to see it are you interested in seeing it uh um yeah i i I haven't really talked to you about marvel before but where are you with that uh
3: no i haven't seen it i'll probably watch it when it comes to disney plus uh i really i'm not in a rush um I watch most of the Marvel films and mm. like I've watched all their Disney plus shows, but I probably wouldn't watch this stuff if not for Wei and John and WH like they kind of, they, and the, the free time, uh, foisted upon me by the pandemic and, and coming back from Taiwan being in quarantine for two weeks. That's really what got me into the MCU with the past couple years. So, I mean, I, I have an interest, but it's, it's not, you know, the most important thing to me.
2: Yeah. I, uh, that that's completely fair enough um i will say i i fucking loved the movie and i i cried twice and i'm not afraid to say that i i cried today as well because of all these new restrictions and everything else going on but uh i i really uh i really did love this movie i definitely want to see it again and it was one of the times where um I know a lot of people are moving towards just staying at home and and watching stuff on streaming and saying never never going to a movie theater again and stuff like that for me i think that's a shame i i think there's a real um like i i come from a, a theater background i grew up doing performing and doing shows and being in front of a live audience and even though this is something filmed on a screen where the actors and the performers can't feel your reaction To have that kind of energy for an opening night for a big movie like this that is anticipated and people are excited about seeing and hearing people cheer and gasp and like scream and cry and all that is what art is all about to me. And we've lived through a whole year of these empty arena wrestling shows and and our uh, excitement for New Japan and things like that are, are low. Because of the weird atmosphere of the crowds. and I got to say, from my point of view, being in a theatre um, watching this new Spider-Man movie um, in a in a in a packed theatre, which I know some people are going to be uncomfortable with, um, but it was fucking awesome, and I I missed that, and I haven't had that experience for so so long, um, and that was definitely something I took away from that. Um, but I'll I'll definitely be talking about it more. Uh, a bit later on with Braden uh, Once he's back from Mexico um, But we are here uh, To talk about NXT 2.0 And I invited you on the show I actually bumped into you randomly On, on Blaw Street The other day Which was when I asked you to do this show You were having your, uh, your cheat day Am I correct?
3: Oh you're going to expose my shame I, mm.
2: Yes I was
3: having a, a cheat meal of uh, I went to a Japanese restaurant that I, I like and I used to go to a lot in my youth and I, I don't go to now because I don't eat a lot of meat or seafood for environmental reasons, but I'm not perfect. And sometimes I do I do um, succumb to temptation. And so, yes, perhaps somewhat irresponsibly, I wanted to go to this restaurant because I felt that um, coming uh, lockdown measures might prevent me from going there in the coming months. So I decided I'm just going to go. And I know this place, they have uh, barriers in between the tables, which a lot of restaurants don't have. So I felt a little bit more comfortable there and I had chicken teriyaki, bento box. It was delicious. And all all the better. I got to bump into you. We went to BMV and we said hi to Mike Murray. WH wasn't working, but we got to say hi to, to Mike. And yeah, that was, well, that was, uh, nice day
2: yeah wh was too busy recording uh on his comic book movie show calling other people nerds whilst handing out comic book recommendations i i think that day um but (laughs)
3: wh came out strong against the larping community that i did not expect that (laughs) wh is a firmly anti-larper so (laughs)
1: okay
2: um but yeah i I asked you on this show and i I know you used to be a a really big NXT fan, you, you've you come over before, you've watched NXT uh, around my place before, we've watched Takeovers together and that kind of thing. Um, where where have you been with NXT 2.0 so far?
3: So I watched the first NXT 2.0 episode. I watched Halloween Havoc and I watched this episode. So those, and I watched, um, I watched some of War Games. Um, okay. I guess that was not a takeover, but whatever. Whatever War Games was, I watched not all of it, but I watched uh, three matches, three good ones,
2: right? Uh, so I, I would assume you're someone who's kind of fallen off. Uh, you're one of these many, many people that have kind of fallen off during this uh, this NXT time. Um, so I, I assume you're, you're taking the role of Braden tonight. Uh, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, maybe I'll, I guess I'll save my thoughts overall for the end, but um, yeah, I don't, I I saw that first episode. I didn't really have have time for it. I don't like, um, I don't like the way Vince McMahon and his team portray professional wrestling. And now that we have a viable alternative in AEW, I don't see a lot of value in not just NXT, but frankly, all of WWE. It's not, you know, the odd thing comes out and will resonate with me. Um, Yeah. Like I, I haven't done your, your poll yet but my favorite match of the year will probably i will probably vote for an nxt an nxt uk match as my favorite so greatness can still happen but as an overall presentation it's not something that i usually look back at the two hours i spent and said yeah that was a that was time well spent i I don't really feel that way so i haven't but i've been listening to you and Braden, and i've been hearing how awful nxt (laughs) 2.0 has been and also some of the bright spots so I think it's good to, you know, even when I'm not coming on for reviews, I think I'll watch new year. They've got me for new year's evil. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for now. I am going to watch new year's evil. So.
2: All right. Well, success. yeah. Uh, well, that's a nice kind of setup for us because uh, we are coming to the end of the year and we've got a lot of big shows coming up towards the end of the year. One of which being our best match ever. 2021 and uh we've compiled a list which you can find both on the UpNext facebook group which anyone can vote on and the UpNext patreon uh which you can join for as little as two dollars five cents a month five dollars gets you pretty much everything two dollars we throw you some shows here and there there's plenty to sample from the back catalog but yeah we are doing our best match of the year 2021 uh we've got a list uh it was originally 25 matches but people were yelling at me for forgetting brit baker versus thunder rosa in an unsanctioned match and maybe that's why i forgot it because if it's unsanctioned it did it really happen no, uh, it wasn't a real match it wasn't a real match but so we've got 26 matches on there to choose from you can send me in your top 10 And we'll be compiling our list and breaking down in two parts the best match of the year. So please, uh, you've got about a a week or so to get your votes in. Um, If if you're locked down over this uh, this Christmas time, a perfect excuse if you're fed up of all the Hallmark movies and all that to go back and watch some of your G1 matches. Watch your earlier's versus Walter's. Uh, give a good rewatch and let us know what you think the best matches of the year are. But no matter how much people are shouting at me, I'm not including Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. So so fuck off if you're one of those people. The match, the list is sorted. Um, but yes, that's that's all to come up. But we have some other shows coming up this week on the Patreon. Kicking things off on Thursday, we have our much-anticipated review of home alone the classic christmas movie about a kid that gets abandoned by his parents at christmas and then hatches a i don't know attempted murder against a a team of robbers uh it's one of the greatest christmas films of all time and we've bought it in probably the greatest wrestling podcaster of all time to talk about this movie. Yes. We are joined by John Pollock on this one. Uh, Braden and I have already recorded this. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And that's coming up on the Patreon this Thursday. And then to round things up on boxing day, we're giving you a special episode of was next talking all about the July 3rd, 2013 edition of nxt where we have antonio cesaro challenging bo dallas for the nxt championship but that's not all that's you can get those shows for five bucks including about 400 more in our back catalog but it is christmas and we like giving presents as well so as always wednesday night we talk all about aew dynamite in bd elite on this very feed And on Twitch, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. Hello, Twitch room. Haven't said hello to you yet. Uh, That'll be tomorrow night at 10.15. But I will also be teaming up with John Sino this Thursday to take on Kate from Montreal and Andrew Thompson, Andy Ogden and Benno in the big fat wrestling quiz of the year. And that's going to be available on, I believe the British wrestling experience feed, uh, test your trivia. You know, I like trivia. I do the games. We've got the rumble coming up next year, uh, next month. Um, but yes, yeah, Sino and I are going to try and be the, the greatest trivia minds having all the greatest wrestling knowledge of 2021. Uh, Martin Bushby's is putting all of this together. I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think I've got a bit of a secret weapon here with with John Ceno, because I don't know if you've heard, guys, but he watches everything and has a pretty good memory. And if you want to test that out, how much he actually watches, we have shot in the dark every Wednesday on this feed where Sino will run down all the shows that you might not have time to watch, but you kind of might want to know what's happening. He's covering, um, well... Used to cover Ring of Honor, not so much anymore. But Impact Wrestling, uh, AW Dark, Elevation, Two Hundred Five Live, NXT UK, and packs it all in a nice gift wrapped fifteen minutes just for you. Uh, so check that show out as well. And then Christmas Day to 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 kind of round things off. Uh, we have our special Christmas behind the BDE. Brayden and I have already co- recorded this one. We have a show that we normally give to our world champion patrons for 25 bucks a month where we uh, we have no plan. We just go in there, put the microphone on and talk and let things roll. And we're doing a special free one for you guys for Christmas Day this year. So make sure you check out all that. So many shows, as always, uh, for you to check out. And uh, what a year it's been, 2021. we we're almost out of it. Twenty twenty two doesn't doesn't sound too much better, to be honest. I, 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 I'm kind of nervous, um, but uh, we'll see how things go. Uh, I'm definitely not doing the Cody Roads. So twenty twenty two is going to be lit. Um, but yes, uh, all fun podcasts for you to look forward to over this Christmas period. When you're fed up of your family or or everyone else have fallen asleep after too much turkey, you can always listen to us because we will be. <laughs> your NXT friends. Friends. Sure, okay. Uh, a, bit, a bit out of practice there, but we'll get there. But that's it for all the plugs and all that. I think it's time to get into a bit of NXT 2.0. So NXT, December 21st, from the Capital Wrestling Center. No one will survive Tommaso champion the NXT Champion comes out and he gets on the mic and says, as champion, you are the hunted and everyone has their eyes on you. But I'm a bit different than every other man who has held this title as I do the hunting. Last week, Bron Breaker, I did the hunting. And now I know what's going to happen. The music's going to hit. You're going to come out. You're going to interrupt me and confront you. But you don't need to do that this week because I'm inviting you. And out comes Bron Breaker. He he ushers to, to get a microphone, but Champa says, you don't need a mic because I know what you're thinking. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that at War Games, you made a statement. You speared me through a table in the corner of the ring. Then you pressed the champ up and Spike drove me to the canvas and pinned my shoulders to the mat. You don't want a shot at the title. You earned a shot at this title. You didn't earn it at any show. You earned it at a big show, New Year's Evil on January the 4th. And that's what you're thinking, right? And I agree, you deserve this, but let's hope you don't drown like you did the first time. In two weeks, you're going to get your second opportunity. Aren't you special? And at Halloween Havoc, I exposed you at your experience, but not just your experience in the ring, but your experience at life. And there's no replacement for experience or time. Everyone knows you have the tools, intensity and strength, but you're not ready to be a champion at my NXT. I'm talking about guys like Sami Zayn, KO, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Finn Balor. Guys like Tommaso Ciampa. Guys who spent a decade before coming here, and then another decade here. What have you had? 10 to 20 matches? Bron, I don't mean to be disrespectful. You're doing great, but I don't know if you're ready for the attention, the bright lights, the responsibility. At Halloween Havoc, you made one mistake, a slip of the ropes that cost you. And you're thinking January 4th, you'll take the title home to dad and the family and put the title on the mantelpiece and everyone will bark and cheer for you. Then reality hits and Champa slaps him across the face and says, That reality is me. And Bron taking none of this picks up Champa in the military press. Champa is kind of struggling and squealing and Bron puts him down and says, New Year's Evil, there's blood in the water, and I'm the shark. See you in two weeks, champ. Uh, Jesse, uh, you did watch the the match at Halloween Havoc, and you said you caught the War Games match. Uh, What is your kind of opinion on on, uh, Bron Breaker being so far and and champ's second run as NXT champ?
3: Well, with Bron, it's easy to see what they see in him. Like hmm. clearly like it makes sense to, to push this guy. It makes sense to have an eye on him as a potential top performer in the future. Uh, and I think Champa is a great choice as champion for what they're trying to do in NXT 2.0. Um, sort of, I guess this is a transitional phase. What's, actually let me ask you a question because if you and Braden have have mentioned this I, I missed it and like i said i haven't been watching week to week but how did you feel about champa here and his character work because i'm he he was acting heelish to my mind he was kind yes. of like squealing when he was up in the up in the, the press and it was also a little bit weird he kept repeating himself not like as though he was forgetting things but repeating them as a stylistic choice you repeat phrases over and over again and i it struck me as odd
2: i i kind of think they're actually doing quite a good job here because going into war games it was definitely uh, 2.0 were the heels in that feud um the the first champ of bronn match uh, no one wanted to see Bron win that one i think this time round, i think we are kind of ready i think we see the writings on the wall and see that Bron is probably going to be the next champion uh, you had the the segment last week with Bron kicking Grayson Waller out of the locker room for being being a dick. So I, I think they've actually done it kind of well where Champa can we I think I'm pretty sure Bron is gonna win this match at New Year's Evil and be the new champion. And I think they've set it up in a way where I don't think the fans are gonna shit on it now. So I think this time Bron coming in as maybe slightly leaning a bit more babyface and Champa leaning a bit more heel, in this case does actually work for me, um, and I think Champer is so I think he's a great choice to be champion at this point. I I'm still unsure what the whole thing is with Joe, uh, but I can still see Joe working in this role um, if the so-called injury didn't happen because I think they're both. Good talkers, and I think Champa can elevate any feud he's in uh, by putting him on the mic. And I think um, highlighting bronze like lack of experience here, you're right, it does babyface him in some way. Um, and yeah, I think I I think I'm ready to see a bit of a bronze run on top. I think he's he's been pretty impressive. I think he he looks the part. I think he sounds great on the mic. Uh, I think from his matches champa says he's only had 10 to 20 matches i believe it's 13 we did a little look and for 13 matches to i think this guy is really impressive and for your developmental brand um if you're gonna go with a guy i don't necessarily disagree with this being the guy
3: well i have a lot of questions i think we all have a lot of questions and it'll take time to understand the answers because, again, if Vince McMahon is as hands-on on this, as, as some reports suggest, he, you know he often doesn't have a good idea of what he's trying to do or what he wants to do, which is why I don't really like his storytelling. So it is too early for Braun. I, I like what I've seen so far. Like I, I am not anti-Braun, but I, I was never anti-Joe Anawahi either. Like I understood why Roman Reigns would be a guy that Vince had his eye mm-hmm. on, but he pushed him too hard. It was too fast. And too quickly, and it wasn't in a role that really suited, you know, the Roman Reigns character. Right? As we can see now, he's one of the best professional wrestling actors as this is a heel character. But for years, Vince McMahon had in his head that he had to be a babyface. And part of the resistance he had was the way—not that the resistance wasn't to Roman Reigns necessarily—it was to the way that he was. People felt that he was forced down their throats. Mm. And I feel like he's doing the same thing with Braun Breaker. But I don't have a good enough understanding of this NXT 2.0 audience to know how they'd respond to that. The old NXT audience, they'd push back, but this new audience, maybe they'd be happy with it. And I think an even broader question is what, what is the role of the champion of this developmental brand? Because as you pointed out many times, we're, we're going back to like, you know, the was next era back to FCW. The the emphasis is now on development, developing stars. What Vince McMahon's an view of a star for his, main roster. Mm-hmm. So what is the purpose of the champion in that sense? Right? Like how fa- how long is Breaker going to be down there? John Pollock has mentioned this. He he gets the sense that people are going to be called up quicker. They're not going to spend years down in, in NXT 2.0. So what is best for his development? Is it as the champion trying to carry this brand to whatever objectives they have, whether ratings or subscri- subscription numbers? I don't know what objectives they have for these or if Vincent Rand cares at all. Does he want to put the title on Breaker to see... How he acts with a with the strap on. I I don't know what the role of the champion is in this NXT 2.0. Personally, for my tastes, I would like to see Champa hold on to it, and I think they're I think Braun will win, but I think they're making they're setting it up that they could have Champa turn heel to retain the title, and then you could cool Braun off, put him in other a feuds for six months or something and then have him come back and beat Champa halfway through twenty twenty two. That's the kind of storytelling that I would like. I don't think it would happen. But Champa he's he's giving me subtle heel vibes. Of course Champa could also lose and his attack him after the bell, which they did twice tonight. So maybe i will just do that. <laughs> but,
2: I mean Champa also attacked Bron last week, like unprovoked, he attacked him um hitting the widow's yeah, bell on the
3: I mean I think I, again I didn't watch it, so I, I can't tell. Like, did you feel
2: like that was a heel turn or was that it's Champa? He's he's like the yeah, he's the cool anti-hero, you know? It, it's like it's a heelish move, but we also love him because he's like an NXT original kind of at this point, and he does things like that. He's the psycho killer, it's kind of in his character. Um I, I would say, like, if this is your brand where you're where it's developmental and you see the this guy being the future um what does it serve having champa be champion at this point if it's not to put over someone and sure we all, we all like the long-term storytelling and having it having a champa turn and six months down the line sure but i kind of feel the bronze breaker you you want to just put the rocket on him like you you look at and, and this, is, this is NXT, this is the third brand, this is developmental, this isn't Raw, this isn't SmackDown, this isn't Brock beating The Rock at SummerSlam, putting the title on him after a few months. This is NXT, and I think if you look at it more as NXT 2013, the Was Next Era, Big E as your champion, that kind of thing, I, I, I kind of think it makes a lot of sense to see, to test Bron and see how he holds, holds himself as champion to kind of see, all right, this could work on the main roster, or maybe it doesn't. But we've seen the champa title run before, and and I I think we kind of have to put behind, like, this isn't the indie fed. This isn't the super indie fed that NXT used to be. This is trying to develop talent in the the Vince McMahon mold for main roster. And therefore, I, I kind of think... I think it could damage Bron having him lose the second time and kind of move down. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel it's the way you've got to go. If this is how you're, how you want to have your developmental moving forward.
3: Yeah. I, I agree with, with all of that to, to a degree, I would just, I guess maybe I have a, a vision more of like the NWA in the eighties where you had, you know, Race and then later flare as the champion long term, and they lose it for three days and win it back, and they tour around. So I kind of, I kind of like the idea of the old veteran heel champion, and mm. then you take turns running the new guys, you know, up up against the heel champ, and you that's a good way to see how they operate in the main event. But a lot of the NXT 2.0 guys are heels, though, so that yeah. wouldn't really work right now. So yeah, Braun winning is probably the likeliest result. But I think champion heel turn is. I think it might be coming. He might just be playing heel for this uh, feud, too, because he's not done anything bad that he can't come back from, right? No. Um, but I think, yeah, it is crafted to get people to cheer Ron, and they are largely doing that, it seems.
2: I also think the the you brought up kind of the Roman Reigns um, being pushed down our throats a, a few years ago. The problem was then everyone wanted Daniel Bryan. I, I look at the NXT roster and i don't see who that daniel bryan would be sure it could have been a johnny gargano it could have been a a kylo Riley, um i pete dunn but I, I don't really hear it i don't hear the cries for a pete dunn title run so i don't think there's anything holding like i don't feel there's anyone else who the audience are kind of favoring over Bron breaker at this point aside from people lamenting the days of NXT Black and Gold who just want to see Champa stay as stay as the champ. Most um, people
3: probably just aren't watching. So,
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I thought this was a pretty solid segment to open uh, 2.0 this week, and then we move on to Grayson Waller, who sent in a promo via Instagram story, uh, who for some reason is feuding with AJ Styles now. He. Uh, he posted a video earlier uh, talking about how he took out L.A. Night and L.A. Knight's out the picture. And his whole thing is he's he's young. He's not into uh, the old going up through the Indies and working for a hot dog and a handshake. Uh, he's trying to make a name for himself. It's all about likes and swipes. And he says, no disrespect to AJ Styles. Um, as a kid, I was a fan of you, yours. But he reminds me of that other guy. Uh, but it's 2021. You got money. So what's with that haircut on Tinder? You'd be getting lefts all over the place. What about the phenomenal AJ styles? I don't have a mum haircut. You have a haircut like my mum, And that isn't an insult to my mum. And, and says, what about, uh, it's now going to be the phenomenal Grayson Waller. Um, so you've kind of been in and out with NXT 2.0, um, what do you uh, take of this character and, and Grayson Waller's delivery? So I watched Halloween Havoc mm-hmm. and then I heard
3: you guys review it. And I think Braden mentioned that Grayson Waller was a baby face at that point. And I'd watched this whole show where he was like hosting it. And I was thinking, I thought, I was shocked. Like what? How the hell is this guy a baby face? He's completely unlikable. And I think at that point they were, they were already had figured that out and they were, they're were planning, planning for his heel turn. Uh, he is a good heel. He is really unlikable. (laughs) Yeah. Unlikable. And the whole, the social media, like, oh, you'd be getting left swipes. That stuff really is forced in his promos, but whatever. Uh, It's weird that all of a sudden he's feuding with AJ Styles on Instagram stories. I don't know why, but if NXT is no longer like, it's not the proper third brand, it's back to developmental. So I kind of like, you know, we saw riddle later on. I kind of like the idea of, you know, once a week or every other week, there's some main roster star who comes down and, and does a little thing on on, uh, on NXT 2.0. And Grayson Waller is a good conduit for that if he's, you know, chipping off at all of the the veterans. So I think yeah. he's in a great role for himself.
2: I, I think so. And I, I think they're building him up to be uh, eventually Braun Breaker's kind of big rival. He's positioned as the main heel on, on 2.0. And... I, I think he's kind of grabbing the ball and running with it. it it is it feels a bit shoehorned the whole AJ Styles thing but again, this feels more like 2013 NXT where you'd have Chris Jericho come down to do a, a random one-off match against Bray Wyatt. you have Cesaro showing up to feud with Sami Zayn that kind of thing. Um, and I think if you're you're kind of starting to lose your veterans, your Kyler Riley's going away your Johnny Gargano's going away. So maybe this is what they're doing, bringing in your riddles, your Brian Kendricks, as we'll get to later, and your AJ Styles. Um, I think think it's working with Grayson Waller, and uh, he is completely unlikable, and that's, that's a good thing in his case. After this, we go straight to Raquel Gonzalez backstage getting ready for her match, her street fight against Dakota Kai. But Dakota attacks her from behind, uh, she picks up a long pole and swings it at Raquel, who catches it. Uh, they're swinging against the scaffolding. They're all brawling backstage. Um, and it's all chaotic as we go to commercial break. I actually thought the kind of opening uh, like 15, 20 minutes was paced really well on this show this week, just going bam, bam, bam. You had the, the Braun Champer stuff, the Waller stuff. And now we're going straight to this uh, kind of blow off street fight between Raquel and Dakota and uh after the commercial they're still brawling uh they're they're now at ringside and uh the referee made me laugh he just goes oh let's get back to the ring the match hasn't even started yet dakota um as they're still fighting around there's there's a moment backstage where raquel gets dakota on this trolley and and wheels her straight into the kind of shutting door gate thing um yeah,
3: that that was that was done well but did you see how she got on the trolley it looked like raquel ran the trolley right into dakota kai's shin and she just fell over her. that was so painful it looked like right right where you don't want to get kicked in like you know if you have been playing soccer you get kicked in yeah. the shin it looked like she
2: just rammed it
3: right into her i'm like oh that looked painful
2: oh i At one point at ringside, Dakota hits a a curb stomp on on Raquel's head on the ring steps, which which was the I'm pretty sure this was the finish of Raw last night with with Rollins and Kevin Owens doing this to Lashley, which apparently put out Bobby Lashley. But Raquel was back up seconds later. Um, Has Dakota
3: Kai used the curb stomp before?
2: I don't don't know. I don't think so. Uh, You've got Candice LeRae had her own like variation of it, um, but no, I don't think Dakota's done it before. Um, there's then a a flatjack in the ring from Dakota, uh, sorry, from Raquel to Dakota on uh, a set up steel chair, and Dakota just lands again like on her shin on this thing. Uh, at rings-
3: working hard tonight.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, at ringside, there's a trash can put on Raquel's head and a double stop stomp off the apron to the face, which I thought looked pretty cool on this trash can. And then Raquel comes back with a power bomb on the steel steps in the ring. There's a big boot from Raquel. And then the Chigona bomb on the trash can one, two, three Raquel picks up the win. Uh, This I assume is the, the end of the feud, but I thought both were like going pretty hard in this one.
3: Yeah, this was a very good match. Best match of the night. Mm. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is kind of the, the Paul that hangs over NXT 2.0. We, you know, we have these characters, these performers we've grown to love for are, are not in Vince McMahon's favorite age or size range. We're kind of wondering what's next for Dakota Kai. You know, she, she clearly worked very hard. She changed her character, even though that whole, um, a tick ticking thing she did didn't really work, but she was trying to things changed her hair and they both worked really hard. And I can imagine that, um, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, that they, they, they both wanted to give respect to the feud and respect to each other, because it definitely does seem like the blow off. And I really enjoyed it. The finish, though, I it came it, I wasn't expecting it then. Like you on paper, she basically did two chingona bombs, right? It was called like a power bomb, chingona bomb on the steps, and then again a trash can inside the ring. Like, sure, that's enough to put down Dakota Kai, that's fine but she never got that one big kick out, which I kind of wish, you know, I don't know what the future is for Dakota Kai. I would have liked to see her just get the big kick out for one, but more than anything, what threw me off was Chekhov's table in the, in the corner there. I'm like, well, the match can't end. The table hasn't been broken yet. So uh, that would get a payoff later, but I kind of like them playing with expectations there, but I think it did hurt the finish of the match in that respect. So I don't know what's next for Lakota Kai, but a very good match and they both worked very hard.
2: Yeah, I, I feel this is a an ongoing thing since since we moved to 2.0 is every match just feels a little too short. I feel you could have had another had another three minutes here, had that big kick out. Um but I did really enjoy this. I, I might have even preferred this to their uh their last one. I, I thought they both worked really hard. Um and yeah you you do worry, especially after the last kind of year, what is next for Dakota? Do we see her on the main roster i I feel if if she stays in nXt she's just gonna be floating around and also i I hate when they do this, and they do this quite a lot uh in w w e the it's like you know when you play goldeneye i mean i I'm aging myself, but you you play those games and you shoot someone and they fall down and then their body just kind of disappears after a few seconds. Um, (laughs) uh, And that happens a lot. Like Dakota lost the match in this huge, huge grudge match. And then she just vanishes as Raquel picks up the mic and stays on for a whole commercial break, a whole video vignette, calling out Mandy Rose and Dakota's just like, you don't see it even if you just saw it stretch it off or carry it out or something, but it's just, nope, that's decoded done. You feel that's the right off. And now let's move on to the next thing. It's just little things like that, that always kind of just take me out of it a little bit.
3: Cause they have together for, I mean, if you include the time they were te- teaming together. Like this has been a year, year and a half of storytelling, yeah. and then within minutes at the end of the match, Raquel Gonzalez is in two new feuds. <laughs> like, and yeah, it's I, I, it goes to my sort of my overall distaste with not so much what they've done, but how they've done it. And it it's sort of it's like the thing like they're aggressively switched from NXT Black and Gold to NXT Two Point and they almost antagonistically it's like oh you like these old characters well guess what she's beaten now forget she even exists we're moving on to something that's way better so you know Dakota Kai never even heard of her like she was just on screen three seconds ago don't know what you're talking about doesn't exist look here's Cora Jade focus on her (laughs) it's just yeah give it a little bit of breathing room I, I don't know why it had to move so fast
2: absolutely so Raquel gets on the mic and says she's sick and tired of waiting. Mandy Rose, I want my title rematch right now, and I'm not leaving until I get it. And we go to commercial break. And after the break, we get a, a little video package from Tony DeAngelo, who says being honest is a dangerous thing. I must be the most dangerous thing in NXT because I've been honest from the beginning and done everything I said I would do. I walked into here and at war games, I smashed your head against the chain, the cage. I ripped your mouth guard out. And what did you do? Nothing. You come and snap my fingers. I'll see you in there, kid. Uh, I love D'Angelo just constantly calling Pete Dunn, who who's young, but he's, A veteran in nxc he always calls him kid and of course these other guys kid but uh tony d'angelo here i kind of liked a bit more he was a little less cartoonish than he normally is uh and he can talk the guy can talk so i i hope moving forward we see a bit more of a like more of a hybrid of his character and maybe more of a real human being than this this cartoon character but uh for me i i thought it was a good outing from uh from tony d'angelo tonight
3: Uh sure. I, I can't say the uh the promo had an effect on me, know
2: Well, Raquel is still in the ring calling out Mandy Rose when Cora Jade comes out and she wishes Raquel congratulations and says, What a win, that was great. And I know you're calling out Mandy, but as much as you want your rematch, I want Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction for what they did to me. They wanted to rip my arm off and end my career. And the only way to beat them is to cut the head off the snake. And I know Mandy doesn't want to face me. And Raquel cuts her off and says, hey, you're my girl. We went to war. You jumped off the cage with that Swanton bomb. But as far as the Women's Championship is concerned, it's every woman for themselves. And I don't care if it's an enemy or a friend. I'm getting my title back. When on the video screen... You get sent in from, I think this is, is the same resort as Braden's at right now in Mexico. <laughs> Mandy Rose um, sends in this video who says, I don't care. Uh, you're flashing your jacket over a fluke win. You're envious of what I've done for this entire brand. And Mandy says, hey, it's going to be a triple threat match at New Year's Evil and I get to kill two ugly birds with one stone. And not only do you get a title match, but an ass whooping in the same night as toxic attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane come from behind and attack Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I always find it weird when it's the heel, like asking for the triple threat match. Because it, it's such a thing in wrestling where the heel is like, oh, no, I can, I don't even have to get pinned to lose the title and stuff like that. So I can't say I'm really a fan of Mandy calling this out to get it. But, um, yeah, it's it's Cora Jade's kind of been having this fluke win character and we're, we're going to go to the three-way. Um, I can't say this is doing a whole lot for me, to be honest. Although I did like the video sent in from the
1: pool.
3: Well, yeah, so my my takeaway from this, this whole segment were two questions about Mandy Rose. The first you've addressed is why the heck would the champion want a triple threat match? That makes no sense. But I, even more puzzling to me was, in kayfabe, could Mandy Rose see Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade? Could she hear them? What was happening here? She was doing a selfie video by the pool in the pool or by the pool. I don't remember at this resort, but like, could she see them? If so, how, how, how was she FaceTiming with these two women on a uh, live broadcast and wrestling show? And if she couldn't, how the hell did she know all of this would happen? Did she make like 17 different videos for different, Situations like, okay here's the video if Raquel Gonzalez wins her match calls me Out and Cora Jade comes out And then I'll have my two girls attack them From behind that's this contingency video Does she have other videos how did She do this I need it's, to know What Mandy Rose's deal Was here I think this she's this Just confusing. got
2: her she's gone for a swim She's got her iPad on She's got the day off she's like hey I'm gonna Put on a bit of NXT 2.0 And then she's like ah these two are Going after my title I better call in calls the production truck. And she's like, Hey, I want to talk to these two right now.
3: Okay. So you think maybe the the producers, maybe she like charmed the producer and said, Hey, put me on the Titan Tron. I got something to say.
2: She's the champ. If the champ wants to speak, the champ can speak for sure.
3: Uh, Uh, So she, she was luxuriating by the pool and had uh, an AC 2.0 on on a, a, a mobile device of some kind. And then she decided, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll call in because, I want to put myself in jeopardy to lose this title on triple threat match for some reason. Okay.
2: Exactly. Um, the one thing I'm wondering is, is this, do you see this triple threat as a way to get the title off Mandy and perhaps send her back to the main roster? Like, is this a long-term plan with Mandy Rose? Are we going to just put the title back on Raquel? Are we going to get a Cora Jade run or you think Mandy's going to continue as the champ here? Well,
3: again, things move so fast. Uh, in WWE Human Resources, you know we see people get called up after three weeks on NXT, and then they're released three weeks into their main roster run. Tegan Knox, remember that battery thing with Tegan Knox? Remember that? <laughs> so trying to figure out any logic here is probably a fool's errand. But from what I've seen, uh, no, I don't think many rows would go up soon because I still think she's serving a purpose with Toxic Attraction. She's serving a purpose as a a mouthpiece and as a a mentor of sorts to Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane, is that her name? It
2: is,
1: Um,
3: So if I had to guess, this is more uh, do the triple threat. And I hope that, you know, she'll get Raquel and Cora Jade fighting each other. And we can have Wade saying this was her plan all along. She wanted a triple threat to get them fighting each other. I hope they pay that off. But I assume that Cora eats the pin and that a few months from now, we're going back to Raquel Gonzalez, Mandy Rose one-on-one. And then again, depending on what their plans for Raquel Gonzalez are, because she can go up. She's ready now. You know, she's done it all in NXT 2.0. So uh,
2: I think so. I think both her and Dakota should be going up. Um,
3: <laughs> Dakota definitely yeah.
2: should, but who knows? It just definitely feels like their times like come to an end in NXT for if sure. What more do
3: they have to accomplish? You know.
2: Exactly. Uh, we see Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph, and and Wade is in a uh, like a last season Becky Lynch ugly sweater and Vic Joseph is wearing a Drew McIntyre ugly sweater and I think Mackenzie Mitchell later is wearing one of The Rock uh, but yeah these aren't even current WWE shop stuff this is like a year or two ago. they they got these in the sale uh, but look great on on casual Tuesday as we call it here we see okay, Joe- well <laughs> Go you it. were
3: looking at well you were looking at their Christmas sweaters I think it was this segment. Did you notice the woman behind them in the audience? No. So I don't know again who makes up this audience. I'm pretty sure they're not paying members of the public. I don't know how many work there or who's just coming in to see it. But a lot of people in the audience were wearing, you know, Christmas sweaters and stuff too. And there was a woman who's wearing like red pajamas and had a pillow and was pretending to be asleep. Oh, okay. on camera, behind the two announcers on television. I, I mean, I don't know why you'd want this on your television
2: product. No, yeah. th- th- this is this is May Ying. This is oh, Karen. Gee, that's Mei this, Ying? this is Karen Q. Yeah, she. Okay, I I have missed this. I
3: have not. So have not been on top of this, I'm. Oh sorry. yeah,
2: I, I I missed the I missed the uh, the the maying Ying sighting, the sleeping girl sighting this week, but. Yeah so uh so Maying um, I don't know died and Boa absorbed her power and she's now
3: so, okay, uh, reincarnated I heard, I heard as this
2: girl who just sleeps around uh, the 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 capital wrestling center but uh, I I didn't is she, is she I didn't spot her by this anybody week. No no she just she's just in the background <laughs> of scenes <laughs> That is bizarre uh, <laughs>
3: Okay, well, at least I know who it was now.
2: Yeah, this is our maybe our favorite gimmick. It's the gimmick we almost relate to. It's just the, just the the girl who wants to sleep, <laughs> who just wants yeah, to I chill. Po-
3: I apologize for not being up on this because <laughs> no, I, uh, this is my first. Um,
2: I missed the sighting, so I, so I apologize. <laughs> I was too busy looking the sweaters. Well, uh, talking of apologies, Joe Gacy now apologizes for Harlan's actions last week. Last week, Haaland uh choke slammed poor spanky brian kendrick down some stairs and he says but given what harland has been through you triggered an emotion that took him back to when people didn't like him we don't condone violence but kendrick put his hands on harland and called him a freak mr kendrick some people could argue that you have no one to blame with no one to blame but yourself i'm not saying that but some people are as he gives his creepy smile, and Harland just looks, uh, just looks terrified. Um, Joe Gacy, the the woke character here, um, opinions, Jesse.
0: I thought this was really good.
2: Um,
3: I think I saw that first segment on the, the first episode of NXT 2.0, and I just rolled my eyes. Like, of course, Vince McMahon is going to make a character who's woke, and of course, that character will be bad because how dare someone say we shouldn't offend people what a horrible thing to say i thought that was really lame but you've mentioned in recent weeks how you think he's grown into this character and i can definitely see it with harland and you his his delivery is dripping with insincerity and i think he really i think he understands the character now it's tough to see where it goes for gacy as a wrestler because the focus will always be on harland right Mm. so his best case scenario is like um a sort of Bray Wyatt role, I suppose, where he's he's got a, a bigger guy behind him, but he's still the focus. We'll see if that happens. But in terms of character work, I thought this was great.
2: I, I think Dacey is someone who I, I don't necessarily see as like his future in this company as a wrestler, but as a mouthpiece for people, I think he could be fantastic and could work definitely on the main roster in this kind of role. It it It's definitely come together for me. And I, I think the pairing with Haaland really works. And I love the, like, the excuses that it's, oh, you bought this on yourself by triggering him and that kind of thing. Uh, this character is this definitely coming together and I think Joe Gacy performs it very well. And I say every week, Harlan terrifies me. He's a, he's a scary looking dude. We see grizzled young veterans backstage who are on their iPad watching videos of the Creed brothers who are training, they're, they're lifting weights, they're doing backflips. And Gibson says, one thing I hate is arrogant people like the Creeds. And the only way we're going to beat them is not with our muscles, but by using our He points to their head, using their minds as they head off for their match against the Creed brothers. Um, not so much silliness this week between these two. Uh, they're not trying to trying to steal people's phones to order Uber Eats or anything. Um, but yeah, still, still going down this thing where they've got to kind of outsmart everyone else but not quite working for them
3: uh yeah that video of, of the creeds that was was doing the rounds on social media i i don't remember what he said it was like 315 pounds or something that they had on that they had on that uh that barbell there and that shit they were doing <laughs> that's impressive like that you can like kind of like Braun breaker you can tell you know no one begrudges vince McMahon or anyone in wwe for looking at these guys and saying them yeah. Foster that talent. Because yeah, that makes total sense. A little bit disappointed with where Grizzled Young Veterans are, but glad they weren't doing dopey ass shit like stealing food for some reason.
2: Yeah. Um I that that stuff kind of makes more sense to me because it, it is kind of um it's playing on the stereo like like the Guerreros played on a stereotype with them when they did their stuff. It's very much a stereotype of people from like Liverpool. Um, But it's just not necessarily done. doesn't know that. No, but that's why I think maybe it's, it's something that they're, they're pitching themselves. Like we want to get more personality out of you and stuff. Um, I I think Gibson's strength is just walking to the ring with the mic and talking. Um, But, I, I don't hate it as much as other people but I agree like it's when it comes you can do all that stuff but when it comes to the the bell ringing and having a match you need to go back to being the the grizzled young vets we all like know and love right and i I, I don't think they've been really able to do that since Nxt 2.0 because the matches aren't really designed or booked that way anymore which is a shame um and I think we'll go into that more in the match coming up. Uh, But before we get to that match, we see Indy, Hartwell, and Persia Prada backstage, and they say that their match got postponed as Grayson Waller walks in. And this might be the most amount of Australians we've had on the TV at the same time in WWE ever, maybe? I don't know. Three Aussies here. Um, And Indy says, I'll never forgive you what you did to... And before he can say the words Johnny Gargano, which we can't say anymore because he's on Twitch, so God forbid we say Johnny Gargano. Grayson cuts him off, cuts them off, and says, "Look, we're all Australians here. We should be friends." And Persia says, "Look, I think you should be more concerned about AJ Styles." Grayson Waller says, "AJ Styles, uh, I don't worry about him. Grayson Waller is the way of the future." As as Indy gets all worked up and goes to goes to hit him and we cut to Wade Barrett who calls Grayson Waller a complete wanker
3: you you actually skipped over my favorite part of the show right there
2: oh what was that
3: Indy it popped me because it seemed that came out of nowhere at the end of her sentence she just called Grayson a douche (laughs) <laughs> I just laughed so hard I never expected her to call him a douche And I just thought that was hilarious So uh, props to Indy I just thought that was so funny
2: Jesse, this is the edgy show All right, yeah, We can yeah. we can say douche We can see Mandy at a swimming pool And we can say wanker on Tuesday nights Because it's 2.0, baby It's edgy um, Yeah, I, I kind of like Indy and Persia together I, I, I see kind of uh, big things for uh for Persia and they are kind of cooling off a little bit on the uh indie uh indie dexter stuff like still reference but it's definitely about this this tag team and and potential feud down the line between these two uh but I, I think all, all three of these have a, have a certain charm and charisma to them um where that they can carry these scenes we go to our next match with which is grizzled young veterans taking on the Creed brothers. We start off with Julius Creed and Zach Gibson starting things off. Uh, we get a really nice takedown from Julius who tags in Brutus and uh, Julius, sorry, I think it's Brutus gut wrench slams Julius on top of Gibson, which looked pretty impressive. There's then these repeated knees from both of the Creed brothers to the ribs of James Drake. And then jacket time come out just before the commercial break to join commentary and uh, if you know me, I love a good watermelon shirt. I've got a very nice watermelon shirt. And Jiro here rocking a whole watermelon suit, which I need to find out where he got this from. Looked, looks very snazzy. After the commercial break, we see that Jacket Time actually have their own announce table. And that's when Briggs and Jensen come out, uh, dressed a little bit nicer than normal. I think maybe they're they're trying to, perhaps uh, impress Caden and casey they've got some nicer shirts and just the flannel but still both held, holding the belt buckles looking a bit weird uh we get this big drop kick from julius and then an assisted power slam from the creed brothers to drake there's then a big toe pace to a cedar from drake catching brutus while he's being distracted by gibson on the outside and then julius attacks and they go to power gibson through the announce table when uh when jacket time get up and and grizzled young vets shove the creeds into jacket time and the match will breaks down everyone's brawling briggs and jensen uh get involved and uh the crowd really get into this and start chanting nxt 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 um but yeah the match is thrown out again like i think the um we've seen the creeds versus gyv before and both times it's you watch and you go, this is annoying because I can see there's a a good match here, but like potentially a good match here. Grizzled Young Vets are fantastic. They're they're veterans. They know what they're doing. The Creed Brothers are a bit newer to this, but you can see the talent and I think they're, everything they hit looks pretty legit and their suplexes look so nice where I I think given time and not the distractions of a man doing Japanese commentary in a watermelon suit on the outside and two to uh beer swilling i don't know briggs and jensen <laughs> like it, it's all distraction which like can we just get the match um but yeah I, I think the i'm really low on this tag division at the moment which is a shame because I, I do think you've got talented teams there
3: oh uh, yeah this uh, i felt like this was a bit disappointing because uh i haven't seen any any gyv. Uh, Creed Brothers match. I, I missed the first one, um, but I was looking forward to this for the reasons you mentioned. Because you know, I saw that clip online. I know these guys are are jacked. I know they have um, a good background, and GYV are great. But a, I was, and maybe you can answer this for me. I was confused. Were there any baby faces in this match? Are the Creed Brothers faces or heels? I, I don't understand. I thought Roddy was a heel, but now he's feuding with Carmelo Anthony and Malcolm Bivens. Can he be a babyface manager? Does that make sense? Is this what's happening with Diamond Mine?
2: I feel there's not really been a hard like turn, but I, I feel the Diamond Mine are baby now. Like Rod, Roddy is certainly the, the babyface against Carmelo. Ivy Nile last week was getting great reactions from the crowd where she was up against Um Amari Miller, like they just wanted to watch her kill this woman. Uh, and the Creed brothers, like their style is is kind of, it's kind of fan friendly. Like, I'm not okay. I'm not saying they're doing flips and stuff, but they they just look so legit. I, I definitely think they're they're meant to be more babyface now. GYV are the the clear heels in this. Briggs and Jensen, I think, are meant to be babyfaces, but they just okay, don't so do it. That- don't do it for me at all. And then Jacket Time are just a a joke.
3: That confused me, too, because at the end, it looked like they were facing off, and I was expecting them to announce a four-on-four match next week, but it looked like Jack at Time and Briggs and Jensen were the baby faces, and the two teams you just saw wrestle each other were the heels, and it would be those four against those four, which confused me because I assumed Briggs and Jensen were heels, just because I don't like them. Yeah. and I thought the Great Brothers would be because later on Diamond Mine had a had that angle where Bivens was talking to Carmelo Anthony. So i like, so clearly they're baby faces. It confused me. Again, the thing was more of an angle than a match. I was disappointed. Um, I think I have a higher uh, a higher preference for squash matches than than others, and it's tough too because you know I don't really think NXT 2.0 is doing much touring, right? So to get better. No. The the Creed have to work with veterans who are better than hmm. them. That's how they get better. But in terms of TV product, I would just love to see those those guys just squash some skinny fat losers every week. Just throw them around and drop them on their
2: heads. I would love that. Honestly, but, that's yeah. when they've been the most entertaining. And I think until you get get into that, you know, yeah, that's, that's the Goldberg thing. Crowds get It's a
3: tried and tr- uh, tested method. But if they're not touring, you know, then how are the Creed's going to get better? Better so.
2: Yeah, I, I will. This is what you have to do. I hope, like, because obviously MS, MSK are kind of tied up with Imperium, who are the the champs. But but down the line, I would love to see, I think, Creed Brothers versus MSK and Creed Brothers versus Imperium are matches I really want to see. But they, uh, they've they got to go through all these guys here. But for me, they, they seem head and shoulders above uh, in the rankings, if you will, these other three teams. Um and yeah, jacket time and Briggs and Jensen just not doing it for me at all. Um, at ne- neither a GYV, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this, this was kind of the low point of the show for me. Um, we go backstage to Mackenzie Mitchell, also in her Christmas sweater, uh, and she interviews Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams ahead of Trick Williams' match against Dexter Loomis. And this time it's Mello talking for Trick, and he calls Trick Fearless. He says he's taken out guys in the street and Roddy got scared of Dexter back in the day, but not Tricky. And then Trick says that Tricky B. Williams ain't scared. Dexter puts his thumb up, but the only place his thumb is going to be is up his ass. And then Dexter appears on the screen behind them and they get spooked and and run off. Um, Yeah, this feud keeps on going on um, where people are getting scared of of Dexalumis, This has been going on since Halloween now, since before Halloween. Um, and I, I fear we're, we're still going on with this. Any comments on this or shall I move on to the next segment? You can move on. Okay. We've got Eo Shirai and Zoe Stark backstage and Zoe's shown up for rehab. She's rehabbing her knee and she thanks Eo for coming. And Eo says she's only here to get a massage when LDF... Legado del Fantasma show up uh, to also get some uh, some work done. And EO shouts at them, tells them to leave. When Electra Lopez shows up and says, everyone knows you're crazy, but I'm not afraid of you. And then EO speaks in Japanese to, to her and Carmen kind of walks away. And Zoe says, you stood up for me, didn't you? I knew you liked me. And EO says, no, I don't. So... Still playing the "I don't like you" thing. I also I like that they're um, while Zoe's injured, that they're still using her. They're not having her completely go away, so you don't forget about her. But again, I I hate these "I don't like you" segments. Um, but at least we're getting an Eo match tonight because I feel she's someone who's very much uh, faded into the background, and she's like a like a Dakota Kai, like a Raquel Gonzalez. You kind of wonder. What is next for her? Has she done everything there is to do in NXT? Um, and even in the match later on, it's it's more of an angle, more than a match. So, uh, yeah, Eo and Zoe still not doing it for me, even though they're not teaming anymore. Uh,
3: yeah. EO has to leave. Like, two people, EO and Pete Dunne kind of made me sad seeing her on the show because, I mean... Roddy, Champa, like they know what the deal is. We know what the deal is. They're getting paid, and they will until they're cut. They have a role. Yeah, maybe we'd like to see them at main event WrestleMania or whatever because they're good enough wrestlers. But we know it's not going to happen. Eel and Pete Dunn, They're still young, and they're amazing. And they're just—they're not being used to their full potential. They. Oh. It, <laughs> a GYV to less extent too. Cause I think GYV could, could actually do well in the main roster. But I think that's, that's a team that Vince McMahon would enjoy in his tag division. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously EO is very small, but I guess Pete Dunn's pretty small too, but um, yeah, it's just like you guys, you, I want to see you move on as performers. And I just don't see anything you can do in NXT, in this NXT 2.0 that that is worthy of your talent, to be honest.
2: <laughs> I don't see the I don't see the size thing being as big an issue for the women. I mean, look, uh, Alexa Bliss has held the title how many times? True, like yeah. she's. I, I don't see that being a big holdup, and I think at any point you could just have Becky Lynch running her mouth. Io Shirai comes out, yells at her in Japanese, slaps her. Like Re- I'm ready to go. I'm ready for that match, and I think Io, like you present her. Like, well, I think Asuka, they took time, but actually during that kind of, um, towards the beginning of the pandemic, I think they actually really figured out how to use Asuka on the main roster and started to realize, oh, we, we don't need to try her to try and have her speak English all the time. She's She's got a charisma. She can yell and stuff and be colorful and expressive and it it works. Io, I, I have... Yeah, I'll take that back because it, it's WWE and it's Vince McMahon. But I, I see EO working. I could see EO working on the main roster. Um, Pete, for sure. I, I think he'd be better moving up in maybe some kind of group or something. And Champa, I think is happy. I think Champa is in yeah. that player coach role. Um, he's he's mentioned before. He doesn't necessarily want to do main roster because of his neck, and he he worries about the touring and that kind of thing. Whereas he is, by the sounds of it, very hands-on with this new class um, in NXT and the Performance Center, and I, I feel he's kind of content where he is, but you're right, Io and, and Dana are young enough, and and Dakota. Uh, I put her in the mix as well, where their, their ceiling is way higher than this, but they're just in a kind of purgatory now, which is, is a shame to see.
3: Yeah, who knows what Vince McMahon will like or, or not, other than fart jokes. But Theo Shirai comes out with that entrance and does one moonsault. Pete Dunne does the finger snapping thing once. WWE crowds will get into that.
1: Like, yeah.
3: I, I know that. I can tell you that. Like, they will get into that. They are they are very charismatic performers. They're very good at what they do. And I, there's no reason for them to be on NXT. There's just no reason. Like Ch- Champa, there's a reason. I get it. With yeah. these two, like promote them pay them and i want to i mean i don't watch main roster so i guess i wouldn't see them but
2: no but i I think i think if you heard there was a anio shirai becky match or anio shirai sasha match or charlotte match i i think that's something that i would tune in to watch you know i mean i do someone
3: who doesn't watch stardom just because uh, for timing reasons i don't i know stardom has amazing matches but like uh, the WWE women's roster for main roster it is still like the biggest draw for someone like me. Right. Because they, they have amazing wrestlers, you know, Bianca Sasha, probably the best main roster match for WWE yeah. this year. They, they, they can do it when it's just not Charlotte versus Becky 17 times in a row. Um, and yeah, you with any of them, like if you, if, you, if it's not just, Oh, he is on raw this week and she's, she's wrestling. I don't know who's on uh do Like, no, I'm probably not going to get to that, but if you build it up, Yeah, of course. I'll definitely tune into that. Yeah, and I think most WWE fans would. So, yeah, I didn't want to get a sorry for getting on a tangent there. It was just a small backstage segment. But I just thought, you know, I
2: just thought, what are you doing here?
3: Like, you're you're better than this. Like, there's more for you out there.
0: That's all.
2: Go to our next match: Dexter Loomis taking on Trick Williams. Uh, Trick goes for a pump kick early that gets caught by Dexter and gets shoved back. Uh, We see Mello uh, in Trick's corner wearing some nice kind of santa style red overalls and uh, a santa hat as he's trying to coach Mello in the corner um but uh dexter comes after uh after trick hits the Luthers press and a neck crank uh trick catches dexter with a drop kick we then see bivens and ivy nile are watching on from the perch uh, Trick gets caught in the apron, uh, kind of in the in the apron skirt and super kicked by Dexter, which I, I thought actually looked pretty nice. Dexter then gives the thumbs up as Roddy shows up in a blue tracksuit to attack Mellow, and then Trick hits a scoop slam for a two count and applies a headlock forever to, to Dexter. We then get the clothesline bulldog combo from Dexter, followed by the kip up and the leg drop. And then Trick goes to use the shoe against Dexter. Yes, who, who throws a shoe? But gets caught with urinagi into the silence and uh, Trick passes out and Dexter wins the match. Um, for me, Trick isn't showing much at all in the ring. Like his offense was very, very limited here. Um, Dexter, I think in, in short bursts can be okay. Uh, some of the moves he does he does quite nicely but I, I'm not too interested in watching Dexaluma's matches and Trick of of this new class is definitely low down for me from, from what he's shown he can do
3: uh, yeah this is just a match uh, TV match could have done without that long headlock spot but it, it was that progress storylines um, ideally you'd want both performers to be in there with someone better because We've seen Dexter have good matches and Trick is athletic, so you know, he know he can learn, but against each other. Styles make fights and, and this these weren't great styles.
2: Yeah, I, I think Dexter actually the, the best is when he was in the tag team with, with Johnny yeah. or or even teaming with, with Indy. Uh, he needs that, that person to play off against. Um otherwise the singles matches get very repetitive where he's just the the scary murderer guy chasing people. Um, whereas in, in short bursts in a tag match, I, th- I think for a kind of bigger guy, some of his moves look kind of cool, but when it comes to a, a singles match, he's really not too interesting. After the match, Grayson Waller attacks Dexter Loomis with the steel chair, and AJ Styles arrives as we go to a uh, uh, now Pete Dunn talking ahead of his main event, and he says no
3: one else... <laughs> this is a mile a minute. Like, I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the the Paul Heyman ECW thing. Never let it you rest, so that you're always glued to the TV. And there's and there's value in that. But that so Dexter beats the flunky. So the match we should be expecting is Dexter versus Carmelo Anthony for the North American title. Carmelo Hayes, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 not the basketball player. <laughs> um, that would be interesting. Um, but instead, we have Roddy attack Melo. And mm. so that's the announced match. And then Grayson Waller attacks Dexter, which is sort of... Uh, a nod to his attacking Johnny, and then all of a sudden AJ Styles is here. So yeah, <laughs> what, what, where my head is spinning? What what match are we building to? I,
2: I mean, Roddy and Mello has been built for a while, and and the Trick and Dexter thing is kind of just like the, the remains of the Johnny Gargano feud. It's just like tying that up, and it's you're right there is a lot going on here though because when you add aj styles and you're like you don't even go here it's like well, <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it sounds nxt
3: debut <laughs> okay
2: geez to to note this show as well there's just a lot going on um i will say what i appreciated on this show tonight is we didn't have the fucking stupid vignettes throughout the show all the vignettes were a bit more i, I felt everything was driving to a place a bit more um, like the the Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo inserts this week are heading towards the main event. Um, so I found the pacing a little better than usual, but it, it is chaotic. There is a lot being thrown at you at once. So Pete Dunn says, no one else is like me. I just turned 28 and I have 15 years of experience. I'm a tag champ. I'm a Dusty Classic winner. I'm a record-breaking UK... Uh, I had a record-breaking UK championship run. Which I, I'm pretty sure Walter overtook, yeah. right? You have, and you have he, was
3: second, he was the second. He was the
2: second champion, so he broke uh, not Trent, Tyler Bates championship reign, who was the first champion. So I'm like, uh, Pete, I maybe not gloat about that one. But he says these 2.0 geezers are young, but they're the same age as me, and I have more experience, and I'm hungrier. I'm the baddest man around here, and I'll make sure you won't forget it. And we go back to the ring with Grayson Waller. Uh, I did like his shirt this week, by the way. I did ask him where he got it from on Twitter. Still waiting for a response. But he says, I hate seeing WWE superstars getting into the Hall of Fame and thanking everyone. They thank their mom, their dad, and thank all of you, the WWE universe, like your opinion matters. And When I get inducted, I will say you're welcome because I deserve it. And that's when AJ Styles comes out. And, and uh, Waller says, you see that? The Grayson Waller effect brings AJ Styles to NXT. And AJ tells him to shut the hell up. Uh, and he goes, this is him? This is the Grayson Waller, the biggest jackass in NXT? I saw your social media. I bet you feel good about yourself. And Wallace's like, yeah, I do. I got the attention of this future Hall of Famer. And is it because you want to help out the younger talent? Nah, it's because your meal ticket left you and you need a new tag partner. I appreciate the sentiment, sentiment, AJ, but I'm a singles guy. And AJ says, I see you. I see the little gloves you wear and the, the one elbow pad. It reminds me of someone. And I'm not sure if, Grayson, if it's Grayson Waller or AJ Styles I'm watching. You're cocky, and I appreciate that. But a future superstar? Hmm. Bron Breaker, I see. Tony D'Angelo, I see. Carmelo Hayes, I see. But Grayson, the jury's still out on you. And the problem is you'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win. Grayson said, did you not see? I, I jumped off that cage at war games and helped my team win. And AJ goes, yeah, but you're more about likes and swipes. And Grayson says, funny, you're here when your insurance policy isn't in the ring, referring to Omos. He says, I could end you right now if I wanted. So AJ says, do it. Go on, do it. You're good for three weeks and you think you're a superstar. Try being phenomenal for 20 years. Do it. And Walla rips his nice shirt off, looking like he's going to fight, but... Styles, so I guess we're getting AJ Styles, Grayson Waller soon, possibly even New Year's Evil. Um, and you know what? It's it's kind of random, but I take this over anything AJ Styles has done with Omos in the last what year. Um, and I, I think this could be, I think this could be pretty good. These two, if given time. Uh,
3: yeah, well, well. <laughs> Judging from the segment, Omas is the big star. Everyone's talking about Omas. Where is he? I, this guy sounds amazing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'd i be willing to wager a fair amount that AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller will be a significantly better match than AJ Styles versus Omos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Year's Evil would be great. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why all of a sudden uh, NXT... guys are cutting promos on Instagram on main roster guys and then matches all of a sudden happen but sure like it's you have my interest apparently Uh, AJ Styles
2: is is LA Knight and Johnny Gargano's best friend or something and we just we just (laughs) didn't we just didn't know about it uh but yeah I, I do think Waller sounds good I think he's he's seeming more and more comfortable in this role uh it's just a matter of of backing it up in the ring. And I, I think he's shown he's got flashes of that. And AJ Styles is one of the best you can go against. And and having a good singles match from AJ Styles, I'm, I'm never going to uh, turn my head away from, uh, especially with what he's been doing the last year. So we'll see. This could be a, a big thing for Waller, actually, against AJ. We go to Malcolm Bivens with Diamond Mine. Uh, no hatching uh, the coach this week. So uh, I wonder if if that's going to continue moving forwards. But uh, just Ivy Nile, the Creeds, and Roddy. And Biven says, look, that's what happens when you disrespect us. It's all about respect and money. We're all about the big money matches. So what I propose is that New Year's Evil, it's going to be title versus title. And Roddy says... You have two weeks to find those balls. Ho, ho, ho. So, yeah, we're getting the match we all assumed we're going to get. We're going to unify the North American title with the Cruiserweight title at New Year's Evil. And, yeah, I I think Melo has has been fantastic, actually, since joining NXT. Roddy, we all know, an absolute workhorse. Uh, I can't see him coming out of this with the... With the titles, but who knows? I think, I think again, th- this looks... Uh, I-, I think New Year's Evil is shaping up quite nicely, actually, um, with Braun and Champer, and potentially AJ and and uh, Grayson and this um, Roddy Carmelo match. Uh,
3: yeah. Melo, I don't even put in the, uh, in the same class as the NXT 2.0 guys. I'm not sure what his experience was before NXT, but he's great. Like for, for my money, he's already there. Like he, you know, the, the guy, he can talk. He's a great wrestler. Great look. Yeah. N- no problem with me again. Roddy is in Roddy's spot and, and it is what it is for, for him. And even though the, uh, the heel face dynamic of diamond mind is still a bit confusing for me. I'm sure it'll be a great match. And, and while it's unfortunate that, you know, what happened with the cruiserweight classic five years, like six years ago now, Mm-hmm. is going to end like this uh this has been on the cards for a while and i haven't watched an episode of 205 live in about six years so i can't say i'm i'm too disappointed for a while there uh with um oh geez i can't remember his name now the uh the dude the dude from legato uh santos escobar thank you <laughs> so i didn't mean to disrespect him i'm trying to praise him for a while there he had the title and uh, you know he had uh he had a really good run and he was um he made that title relevant i think more than it had been for years and that was a great run but largely that title and that whole division has been kind of just nothing so it, i wish it I, i'd rather them build it up and do it properly but they're not going to so sure unify the titles give mellow another thing to brag about fine
2: yeah that that was definitely the peak of that where you had the the tournament you had uh Drake maverick that that was when he he had his whole release and was doing that yeah, tournament and one. yeah it was but that story helped elevate the title people were interested in that and you actually had some that's when you I think that's when you brought in swerve as well and you had uh Santos who was under the the mask and revealed the legado yeah that was definitely the peak of of that run but I think it is time now you don't have a cruiseweight division anymore so uh might as well unify the two. We go to MSK with the shaman, Riddle, and uh, they're all on their brand new scooters that they they got last week from the the fanny packs, and uh, Riddle says the scooter is like a tag partner, and I may be your shaman bro, but you're teaching me so much too, and check out the bags bro, And they open up the bag and it's like a commercial for WWE shop. They're pulling out all this RK bro merch. And Riddle says he'll be with them next week on NXT. And they're all riding their scooters as some song plays called best day ever. As the words best day ever come up on the screen. And they all say, this is the best day ever. As a car comes towards them. And they go, oh, shit. Remember, this is the edgy show, folks. And they get hit by this car, but MSK wake up. And they're right back to where they were weeks ago by the bus stop, where they started on their epic journey to find the shaman. And Wesley and Nash Carter look at each other and they say, did you have the same dream? They go, oh, let's dump the supplies. That was weird. So they open up their, their bag to... To dump what I what I assume Jesse is 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 marijuana cannabis, um, but no, yeah, but actually no. it's it's not at all. It's actually an RK bro hat. So they're like, wait, what? Was it a dream or or did it really happen? As the bus pulls and drives past them, and Riddle shows up and says, "Let's go beat this holiday traffic, bros." And they, they ride off on their scooters. Um, yeah. So, um, is this... Was it here? Do we see these two again? Did I miss the bit where... Oh, is it Imperium? Like it's Imperium later that referred to to Walter. Yeah. But yeah, Riddle is coming to NXT next week, finally. And, and MSK, MSK have been off of like in-ring stuff for a while. Um, part of me wonders if this is a tactic because of the whole stuff with Izzy and her dad and then getting booed at Full sale, whether have them stay off TV a bit, come back with a bit of a fan favorite like a Matt Riddle, uh, might try and get this crowd to win them, like, win them over a bit but I am interested in seeing Riddle in, in NXT again. I, I think this pairing definitely works. Uh, some of it's cheesy but like I think there is a charm to all three of these guys where you're watching it and going yeah, this is stupid but uh, it's not a, what's the term, a square peg in a round hole. You're kind of, these are the kind of guys who should be doing this kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, but I'm ready to see them back in the ring because the, these guys are great.
3: Uh, my big takeaway was that this segment was was written very weird. Uh,
2: they all have I- been, Jesse. <laughs>
3: Why do the, the dream sequence tease if Riddle's just going to show up again? Why do oh. they do that whole thing getting hit by the car? What purpose does that serve? If you're going to do the hit by the car, wake up from a dream state thing, then you pull up the hats and go, or was it a dream? And then that's when you cut. You don't then show Riddle again, because that takes away the whole point of doing the car and the dream sequence.
2: I, I 100% agree. Um, Cause yeah, that, that's what you have, isn't it? You have like, they've gone on this epic journey and, they 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 travel in time and see the dinosaurs and and pick up a dinosaur tooth and put it in their pocket and then they they wake up the next day and oh it was a dream but they reach in their pocket and the and the tooth is there and oh did it happen um, I'm pretty sure that was a kids book I read at school um, <laughs> but but yeah it yeah I'd have definitely cut at the R K Bro thing and. And maybe even have a note in there saying, like, see you next week, bro, or something like that. And they look at yeah. each other. But it was odd. Just, so did they get hit by the car? <laughs> like... I feel like somebody wrote it
3: and that they had that ending. And then Vince or someone came in and said, no, goddamn, we have to make sure everyone knows Riddle's going to be on next week. Put Riddle back in it and make sure he's <laughs> like, I will be on NXT 2.0 next week. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. Was a but uh, yeah, Riddle, hang out with these guys. Riddle a match with these guys? Sure, it's fine. I, I just could not get over that
2: weird, that extraneous bit at the end. That just seems silly. Well, talking about things that seem a bit silly, we go to Von Wagner taking on Idris Anofi. Yes, Von Wagner, the guy who single handedly put an end to Kyle O'Reilly, sent him packing out of here, out of this company. And he's taken on Idris Anofi. Robert Stone is at ringside watching. Uh, Last week, Robert Stone kind of uh, saying that he wants people to take him seriously, and he's going to take him seriously from now on. So Vaughn catches Idris with a power slam. There's an inside cradle from Anofi for a near fall, followed by a big clothesline from Vaughn. And uh, Wade on commentary says with a little more seasoning, he thinks Vaughn could be the next Sheamus or Drew McIntyre. And then uh, Wagner looks at um, Robert Stone at ringside, and Idris just catches him with a roll up and beats von Wagner in in a couple of minutes. Um, after the match, Wagner is Wagner's pissed and and beats up Idris and Ophi. But uh, yeah, very odd here. So
3: I really liked this match, and I really dislike the post match segment. Uh, have we seen Idris Anofi before? Have you seen this guy before?
2: Yeah, we, we, he's been in for a, a few weeks now.
3: Okay, so I hadn't seen him before, and the match is starting, and I see these two guys, and Idris Anofi uh, is, has a, a better physique. His gear looked amazing. Uh, he's more athletic than Von Wagner. All Von Wagner has over this guy is he's taller. That's mm. it. And I, I remember you guys talking about his gear before. Von Wagner's pants are awful. Yeah, They're horrible. Horrible. And I look at these two guys and I'm like, Idris Anofi looks like the star to me. This is the guy I want to see. I don't want to see Von Wagner. And then Idris Anofi wins the match. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. I like this. But then Rich calls it a Rich? That's that's the Vic. commentator, right? Vic. Vic. Vic, I'm bad with names today. Rich Brennan. Vic, that
2: was that's a throwback. That was yeah, NXT years ago. It's
3: been a it's been a while. I'm sorry. Vic says it's a Christmas miracle. And I'm like, well, don't call it a miracle. This guy isn't Leon Roth. This guy looks great. Like you can say it's an upset, but don't eh, let's and then Volwanger just beats the crap out of him at the end anyway. So the the victory accomplished absolutely nothing. We're back to where we start, and then Von Wagner storms off and we have some really bad uh Non-verbal acting from Robert Stone, some bad WWE acting. So I thought the match was great. I'm like, yes, this, this is a springboard for Eustace Anofi. This guy looks great. I want to see more of him. But no, it wasn't. It was just a meaningless result, erased with a meaningless post-match attack that's going to some story that I don't care about.
2: It, it's yeah, it's one of those things where it it doesn't serve anyone. You yeah. you undermine the win immediately from Anofi and. I wouldn't even be surprised if they they don't even follow up with this, uh, as in with Idris. It, they're following it up with Von Wagner, Tim Robert Stone. Um, but you just had you gave Von Wagner a huge win. You were the guy that wrote off Kyle O'Reilly, someone who's been mainstay in this company for a while, who's main evented takeovers, and and two weeks later you've got Idris Anofi, who has been. Positioned as brand new enhancement talent in the last couple of weeks, getting a surprise win. But you know this isn't this doesn't serve anyone. It makes Wagner look weak. Robert Stone is, is a joke manager. Like we're not going to take him seriously at this point. And I can't see anything coming out of this with an Ofi either. So yeah, I, I really didn't like this. We go Backstage to Mackenzie Mitchell, who interviews Imperium, uh, who who have their live translations back. This is so impressive how they're able to (laughs) translate what they're saying at real time. Very, very cool here. Um, uh, Marcel Bartel says, uh, uh, referring to MSK, we ripped their heart out and shattered them to pieces. Now they're trying to figure out how to put them back together. And they may be looking for direction from the shaman. And Mackenzie interrupts him and says, look, I'm sorry, I I don't speak Italian or German and I I can't see the translations on the screen. Um, But tell me, do MSK pose a threat to you? And they say they may have a shaman, but we have a general. Um, Yes. So this is pretty exciting, a bit of a... Matt Riddle, Volta tees. I'm yeah. all for this. I'm all for yeah, the this... six man and I'm all for the singles. Give it to me.
3: There, There is a lot of stuff on this show. Where I'm like, Oh yeah, that was good. Oh yeah. That's interesting. This is the only thing that got me to sit up and go, are they teasing MSK riddle versus Imperium, including Volter in a six man? Cause that is appointment television for me. I am watching that. Uh, you got me like Volter is maybe my favorite rest of for the three matches of his I watch a year they're all amazing so yeah. if they're doing this like that'll be great that'll be the, the different styles they're all dynamic and uh I know I know Brayden has mentioned this mentions this every time you talk about Imperium but these guys clearly they've been in the gym for a lot of 2021 those guys look amazing uh again you hope that they're not too short for Vince McMahon because uh, they have all the tools to succeed in in any promotion if if they're given the right time and if that if that six man happens and it's given you know 15 20 minutes that'll be great that'll be amazing that'll be something
2: special i think so i i think Walter Walter Riddle as well one on one um i think could be i'm trying to think if they had a they might have had an atlas title match of progress uh a few years ago i'm trying to remember but yeah i, I can see that match uh killing it as well um but yeah Eddie, i don't even want to
3: get my hopes up though i, I know I, I don't
2: think they do that
3: because if they if they did that i would i mean everything i said and then some for a one-on-one match between those two but i i don't think they would they're going in that direction but you think them, it's just did, the
2: six man Oh uh, yeah. i, I mean, I mean I hope I hope it's at least that (laughs) we haven't seen Walter for a while and I I feel we keep on thinking he's going to come over Um, hopefully this is the time we're going to get in stateside a bit more permanently Um, excuse me Um, but yeah I mean you could you could even in in another company you could bleed this into main roster and, and set up for a big Walter Randy match down the line Walter just killing Riddle and big brother Randy has to avenge him at WrestleMania would be, would be kind of cool, but, uh, I, I don't see us. I don't see that happening. Let's settle for the six man for now.
3: I mean, Walter, Randy Orton, Volter Walter just chopping the crap out of Orton and, and doing and out wrestling him for 10 minutes. And then Orton, Orton doesn't do, Orton is getting his ass kicked. He doesn't get one blow. And then at the very end, RKO pins him.
2: Love it. Love it. <laughs> 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 we go uh, to election lopez um this is the the uh erin sorkin west wing moment of the week they, they keep doing this in nxt now they're walking down the corridor whilst cutting a promo as they're they're going to the ring uh lopez says uh this is the biggest match of her career but am i nervous not in the least i'm about to destroy io shirai and as she's walking to the wing uh, to the ring we see zion quinn who's just waiting behind um jesse i don't know if you're aware but there's a bit of a a bit of a romance going on between zion quinn and electra lopez but uh, we don't know if they're they really like each other or or whether they're just fucking with each other or, or what but uh, a lot of sexual chemistry between these two um uh, we get a little video package of uh, NXT superstars at the Boys and Girls Clubs doing charity work. Um, it was nice. It was cute. And then we go to our match. Electra Lopez versus Io Shirai. Um, Lopez applies a headlock to Io for a, quite a while. Io fights out, hits the 619 and missile drop kick, followed by the Meteora in the corner for a two count. And this is when Zion Quinn comes out out and beats up Legado del Fantasma. We see he has mistletoe in his mouth. He gets on the apron and and holds up the, the mistletoe, and alex and Lopez is like, ah, I really want to win this wrestling match, but it's also Christmas, and this guy's kind of hot, and he's holding mistletoe, and I, I don't know, oh, what shall I do? But Santos Escobar comes to the save, pulling Zion Quinn off the apron, and they start fighting. EO hits the palm strike. Followed by the Moon Soul, one, two, three. Io Shirai wins, uh, and then there's a look between Quinn and and Electra Lopez, and you're thinking, did did Zion do that deliberately? Did he try and deliberately distract her to get her to to lose, or does he really want to want to kiss this woman? Um, so we're we're continuing that between the two, but bit of a nothing match, I think. I think Lopez does have a bit of a a star quality when we're seeing her in segments outside of the ring with Legado. Like, I think she looks fantastic when she's all kind of dressed up and leading Legado del Fantasma. Um, I don't mind the stuff with Zion Quinn, but she is incredibly limited in the ring. Um, And I mean, we kind of had the discussion about EO earlier, like what is she doing here? Um, But yeah, again, this didn't do a whole lot for me.
3: So for for any of the listeners who are are trying to court a woman or catch a woman's attention, uh, Zion Quinn has given a very good example of what to do here. If if you fancy a woman, you go to where she works her place of business and you fuck around and you distract her and you cause her to screw up at her job. Women love that. That's great.
2: This was see. I tried this <laughs> recently, Jesse, and she turned out <laughs> to be married. So, like, I don't know.
3: <laughs> you just gotta make her screw up even worse, and maybe okay. fall for
2: you. All right. And
3: at, at the end, you had Wade Barrett, who's nominally the heel commentator, going, This is all Zion Quinn's fault. And you had Vic say, No, it's not Zion, it's definitely not his fault. And like, Vic, no, it's definitely his fault. What the hell is he doing here? He comes down the ring. He, he sticks his nose where it doesn't belong. He's distracting her while she's at work. Her friends in the Gallo of he just beats them up. Don't know why. And then uh, Santos comes down. He's like, hey, just quit fucking around. Get out of here. Just beats him up. Throws him in the st- stamps. Gets on the ape. He's fucking around with the mistletoe. And then she loses the match. How is this How is this supposed to win her heart, Zion Quinn? W- what are you doing? What are so, you trying to accomplish?
2: Well, that's that's been the whole thing. Like, uh, Electra kind of did the same thing to him the other week. And it's it's the whole time it, you're questioning whether they're deliberately deliberately distracting and costing the other person the match. Or so the other week, she she threw some brass knucks to Zion to use against Escobar, and he was like, "Wait, what? Well, I'm not going to use these." But in the distraction, Escobar won. So you're going, <laughs> did did she want him to use it so he wins because she likes him, or did she do it as the distraction? And they they. It's the reverse of that here Where where he's doing the mistletoe And it's like, is he doing that because he He wants a little Christmas smooch Or because he's actually trying to cost her the match so, uh, this, They're all unlikable I, They're <laughs> dumbasses <laughs> At least EO won though At least she's like, fuck this shit Like, Moon Soul, one, two, three
3: Yeah Get, get EO away from these people
2: <laughs> Yes we go to Camelo Hayes, who says, uh, talking to Roddy Strong, you want smoke with Melo? Well, I got smoke. I'm the A champ. 2021, when I shoot, I don't miss, and it's going to be the same in 2022. New Year's Evil, I'm going to walk out with two titles. Uh, we've kind of talked about all this already. Melo, again, sounds great. I'm looking forward to this match. We then get a video sent in from Brian Kendrick, who's in a neck brace and says thank you uh, referring to harland and joe gacy thank you for your attempt at an apology but today i resigned as a coach of nxt and if you want an apology you can get it in the ring next week and it's official next week harland is going to murder brian kendrick again in a match um yeah i i quite i quite like this stuff uh i, I enjoyed the segment last week with harland killing brian kendrick and i i'm all for it to happen again next week and giving a little shine to brian kendrick here um so yeah that's announced for next week along with the championship unification contract signing with wade barrett overseeing it and we've got dexter loomis taking on grayson waller and raquel gonzalez and Cora Jade in our weekly Can They Coexist tag match taking on Gigi Dolan and JCJ. And that brings us to tonight's main event. Petey Poppins, Pete Dunn taking on Tony D'Angelo. The match starts and as they're running the ropes, D'Angelo catches Dunn with a beautiful looking suplex just dumping Dunn on his neck, shoulders and head. Uh, There's another nice looking throw from D'Angelo. Uh, Dunn goes for a Kimura, but gets caught with a release German suplex. Uh, Dunn's going for a lot of his like joint manipulation and hits some chops, but then has a like a kind of wrestling style takedown from D'Angelo, followed by the Northern light suplex, which he he like rolls through and goes to uh, go into his finisher, the Fisherman neckbreaker, but Dunn catches him with the triangle. Which D'Angelo picks him up to powerbomb him out of him. Uh, Sorry, no, uh, picks him up into another suplex to get out of the hold. Uh, We get another suplex sending Dunn into the turnbuckle. Uh, Dunn then comes back with a running knee to the arm. He stomps down on Tony's hand, and then they're both on each other's knees, just like trading blows and forearms. And then Dunn goes for the X-Plex, but D'Angelo counters it with a Falcon arrow, goes for the pin. But the referee doesn't count as dunn's shoulders aren't fully down on the map and then d'angelo goes to the outside to get the crowbar he used at war games vic joseph was very adamant to us that it was the same crowbar as the one at war games um and then goes to use it against dunn but dunn takes him down with the hand uh and then he's going for the the finger snap but d'angelo uh, puts his hand in his mouth, fish hooking him, and tries to get the, the mouth guard out of Dunn's mouth again, but sends him face first in the, into the turnbuckle, goes for the fisherman neckbreaker, but Dunn catches him with the finger snap, break your fingers, followed by the bitter end, one, two, three, Pete Dunn defeats Tony D'Angelo. And then after the match, D'Angelo uh comes up from behind to attack Dunn, but Dunn senses it and attacks him. They start brawling on the outside, and D'Angelo hits his fisherman neckbreaker on the floor and then smashes Dunn's hand with the crowbar as NXT goes off the air. Uh, what did you make of uh, this, Jesse?
3: Yeah, it's a pretty good match. Uh, nothing particularly special, but, um, yeah, Tony D'Angelo... <laughs> Interesting, interesting what's going on here. He's got the um, collegiate wrestling background and he displays some of that, but it seems pretty incongruous with his character. Like, why mm. is this Italian mobster doing beautiful northern light suplexes?
2: Uh, he did bring it up in his vignettes a while ago that, uh, I don't know, he, he wrestled for his family and it's all about family, but he's got other, oh, yeah. other bits and bits of
3: business on the side, you know. His his uh, his his wrestling background is part of his character, so it's you know they they talk about it, and I I guess time will tell if this is dumb or if it's genius because, um, you know Chad Gable is Olympic level wrestler; he's absolutely hmm. amazing, and he's a great professional wrestler. But that's not enough for Vince McMahon, right? He's got to have him do goofy ass shit with Otis or whatever. Uh, although listening to John Way apparently had a, a good straightforward match yesterday. Um, but clearly the way that the WWE presents wrestling, being a good technical wrestler is not a character. That's not enough for you. Right. Mm. So maybe I guess the best case scenario for Tony D'Angelo is, uh, kind of like the John Cena rap character. something that gets you noticed because the fans are clearly into him. still. They're yeah. doing the Italian hand thing that they think it's funny. They like them. So maybe it was smart. Give him this cartoonish gimmick to get people paying attention to him. And then let him work get his reps while he's doing this, this heavy character work. And then maybe once the character seems lame or not as interesting anymore, maybe by that point his wrestling will be strong enough to carry him. Could be. We'll, we'll see. Um RCP Dunn's excellent, so it's tough to say how much was D'Angelo and how much was done carrying him. The attack after the match, yeah, like it didn't it didn't annoy me like the Ron Wagner thing did, because it, it does serve a purpose for telling the story. It's not yeah my favorite way of telling stories, but it's a WWE storytelling device and you know where it's going and it's, it's fine. They'll have another match and Tony D'Angelo probably win that one. And then we'll see where it goes, but it was a decent match, you know,
0: no complaints.
2: Yeah. I I thought, um, I've, I've definitely been lower on D'Angelo than other people and, and haven't really seen it from him in the ring. Um, I, I did this is by far his best match we've seen so far and obviously he's he's against one of the best people in NXT and Pete Dunne uh but I thought a lot of his stuff looked really nice here I thought all of his suplexes looked really good actually and and I think the the Cena comparison is actually quite quite a good thing where this is developmental and sometimes you uh, I mean you you see that when I like trained as an actor you often you throw something at someone to maybe take them out of their comfort zone to, if you're maybe more of a serious person, you you give more of a comedic character to try and get something out of you. And, and the thing is, we're watching this developmental as a TV show. So I think down the line, if you can make this cartoon character seem a bit more of a real person, uh, it could really work out because I, I do think his wrestling is there and he's still kind of new to this so it's hopefully only going to get better Um, but D'Angelo actually impressed me today and he's he's proven he can talk and yeah it is cartoonish but he does have something I think and um I'm all for another match down the line with Pete Dunne and maybe maybe throw a, a stipulation crowbar on a pole match I don't know Um, but yeah do something a little different for the next one no DQ or whatever to see how he fares in that um, but yeah, D'Angelo impressed me this week. Um, overall, I, I would say this was definitely one of the the better episodes of NXT 2.0 for me. I thought the I really enjoyed like the first half hour um, with, uh, with Champer and Braun and um, the the Raquel Dakota match. The middle fell a little flat for me and then I, I thought it picked up with this main event but i thought it was a much better pace show than usual i really appreciated that we didn't have any lash legend we didn't have any uh briggs and jensen and casey catanzaro at the the, the country concert um we didn't have as much goofiness as usual and i i really appreciated that i i felt everything this week Kind of serve more of a purpose, and we see a direction. We we've got New Is Evil. We're heading up to, and I think I think wrestling, you need you need direction. Otherwise, it's just all these cartoon characters just just playing about on a Tuesday, and it's kind of weird. But I was a lot higher on this week's show, Uh, Jesse. Kind of overall thoughts for you?
3: Yeah, I'm almost a little disappointed. I I thought, you know, I tune in, I get to see Jiro's bulimic christmas dinner uh (laughs) some awful horrible segment that i could rant about um but nothing really it was it was a it was a fine show i i i liked it more than i thought i would uh you know uh, positives the main goal of this show was to get me to watch christmas evil or christmas uh, new year's (laughs) evil which it's still a weird name because after new year's And even though I'm sure we won't get any match nearly as good as uh, O'Reilly Balor from last year, right. That those times are gone. Yeah. I think it'll be a good show and I will watch it. So job done, you know, they've driven me to watch this big show. So they succeeded there and of the new crop of the 2.0 wrestlers, the the prominent ones, I gotta say only Von Wagner, uh, disappoints me. (laughs) Like, yeah. The rest of them, I, I see it all. I see potential. And while I can quibble with the way it's been done or how quickly they've been pushed, I understand why these guys have the focus. And they're good in their roles. Um, Von Wagner aside, who I really I, I didn't see anything there mm. in this episode. Uh, overall, though, I still have to say, and this is, this is more of a WWE issue than an NXT 2.0 issue. It's just every other week, 10 people get cut from this, company mm. with seemingly no rhyme or reason they're they're pushed one week and then they disappear um they don't produce a kind of they don't tell stories ways that i find engaging and when they give their wrestlers time they can have great matches because they have great wrestlers on the roster but more often than not the whole production the way they 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 display the wrestling and just the complete lack of any long-term plans for anyone besides maybe Roman Reigns. Uh it it's hard for me to get excited about any of this, you know? So uh this show did not suck. This was a decent show. I don't regret watching it. But I, I there's nothing here to make me want to sit down every week and watch it. You know, like the, I I don't know I don't know who that's for. I mean if you love if you love the WWE style and you want to see how WWE stars are made, then maybe that, that that's, this is for you, but I don't really see the point of it. And um, yeah, it's that there's this, these two hours did nothing wrong. Like they did their job. I just, overall, it's hard for me to engage with the product given everything else is going on. And actually one other, it's kind of a backhand compliment, but do you know who directs the show? It's not Kevin Dunn, is it?
2: I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think so, but...
3: So, what was it? Survivor Series was, I guess, the last WWE main roster I watched. And right. it had been months since I watched anything. And it, honestly, it was difficult for me to watch. The camera cuts. Oh, Every yeah. Time someone gets punched, there's a camera cut. It gave me a headache. Mm. And I don't know if it got worse or if I was used to it when I was watching WWE regularly before. But I honestly, I thought, how do people watch this? And no, like, never talk about it. So I guess it you get got really It got really
2: bad, yeah.
3: And so I was expecting that tonight on NXT, and that was not a problem on NXT. There was not that horrible, obnoxious uh, direction, the camera cuts and the zooms and all that. And the bad NXT acting was to a minimum. There wasn't the, uh, what David Bixon span on Twitter calls NXT face, you know, the, mm. the, uh, the shock, which actually Ruby Riot is probably the worst example <laughs> of in recent memory. But I hate that contrived shock. There wasn't much of that. The production was not annoying at all. It was a decent program, I enjoyed most of it. But to people wondering if they should watch or not, I don't really know what to tell you. I guess if you watch WWE, then sure watch it because I don't see the differences between Raw. I just I just don't know where any of this is going.
2: You know? No, I, and I think I think that's the issue. Is I think a few years ago we had optimism. You look at the the you look at the Sami Zayn run in NXT, which is around the time Daniel Bryan was having his his run uh, in. WWE and you go, oh, Sami Zayn could have this ultimate underdog babyface story in the main roster, and whereas I don't know if if any of these people like I see ever, I, I don't care who main events are WrestleMania anymore. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't root for these people. The the lustre of a WrestleMania main event has has completely died off for me because the main roster has been so formulaic and paint my numbers for so such a long time that i'm not invested in anyone so the days where you'd look at a, a Sami zayn a finn balor a, a johnny gargano and you see them have these kind of epic runs in nxt and you go and you could take that and you can slot that in there i don't see it at all and Sure, I, I can see a brom breaker in in WWE, but it's what you're going to just be in the system for for five to ten years, and then maybe maybe break through? Like Biggie has just become champion. He was NXT champion in 2013, and they could have pulled the trigger on this guy a long time ago. And it's that the whole company seems so stale to me um where nxt I, I think that there is and, and i think even even with this crazy 2.0 thing there there is an interest in in seeing where these people start off uh, and i get a lot of pleasure off out watching what's next where the wrestling isn't necessarily great all the time but it, it's kind of cool seeing the little like uh seeds of a character and you see where it goes in the main roster or whatever whereas now it's just, well, they're not going to use that because you're going to grow them and then you're going to change their name, repackage them, give them a whole different character on the main roster uh, to just maybe get fired in a month. So yeah. I, I think that's where so much of it, I'm like you, I'm totally, this is the lowest I've been on, on WWE for a long time. Um, but, but yeah, th- this was a, was definitely one of the, the better uh, NXT 2.0s. Well, that's enough from what we thought this week, but let's see what you guys thought. We do put up feedback every week on the on the Up Next Facebook group um, and the Post Wrestling Forum if you're a member of there as well. And we'll start off with Sean, who says that he thought tonight was a decent show. Started off with a bang with Bron and Champa having a great face-off, Champa delivering a solid promo, and Bron was badass without having to say much at all thought the street fight between Dakota and Raquel's awesome, liked that it started in the back and that the ladies didn't ring, wear their ring gear and that they really beat the crap out of each other. Just good stuff all the way through. The post-match segment setting up the triple threat in New Year's Eve was okay. Cora needs more mic work for sure, but I think the triple threat match would be good and likely Raquel's last in NXT. Rest of the show had a theme of okay stuff, setting up potentially great stuff. AJ being at the PC was awesome, but I thought his face off with Waller was just okay. I think they can put on a good match, but I hope they can pick it up and get us more invested. I'd be happy if Trick Williams disappeared from my TV forever, but strong and mellow title v title will be great. MSK riddles segment was underwhelming, but MSK versus Imperium 2 will be a banger, I'm sure. Didn't like EO giving up so much offense to Electra or needing a distraction to win, but at least she's in the win column. There was some really good action in the main event. Tony D has some chops in the ring, but he's just too much of a character caricature for me to get into. Shout out to the Brian Kendrick for climbing back in the ring to get Haaland over. Anyway, while tonight was just decent, New Is Evil is looking stacked, so there is something to look forward to. And uh, Jesse, I, I assume you don't have the feedback up. Shall I just continue? Uh, yeah, so I don't have Facebook, That's okay. so I can't. That's <laughs> okay. Um, Evil Corporation. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we go to Dylan, who says Champ getting completely punked out by Breaker was an interesting choice, but I'm not sure if it was a bad one. It has me very excited for their match. Street Fight was good fun, but I have no idea where Dakota goes from here. Cora Jade sounds every bit as young as she is. The triple threat should cover up any greenness she has, and I know that Mandy's gimmick is that she flaunts her looks. But if my girlfriend had walked in while that promo was on, I feel like I would have had to explain what I was watching. Dacey's apology wasn't an apology at all, which fits the character nicely. Kendrick wanting a match with Harland is fun. Hope his family enjoys their last Christmas with him. Tag match was an overbooked mess. Just let one of those teams get a clean win to progress the story. Damn. Loomis' trick was fine for what it was. I like how it progressed mellow. Uh, Title unification should be a good one. Grayson Waller is an excellent heel. AJ Styles is phenomenal as usual. Not sure how I feel about them two feuding, though. Whoever wrote that MSK segment was on something stronger than weed. Wagner losing to Anofi is dumb, but pairing him up with a manager is smart. Do need someone else to do the talking for him. Lopez lost because Zion Quinn is too handsome. Sure. Main event was solid. Tony D proved he can put on a good match. I feel like a lot of this week's matches were for storylines in holding patterns. The other segments like Daisy Harland, Kendrick, Mandy, Cora, Raquel, Hayes, Strong, and MSK Riddle were the only things that actually progressed any stories forward. I mean, that's that's a fair amount of matches moving forward. You mentioned there, It feels like New Year's Evil is one week too far away. That being said, it looks like an excellent show. Shame that I'll miss it due to school obligations. Happy holidays. Well, you, there's, you know, VCRs and stuff. Um, and <laughs> finally, we go to Charbel, who says, "Watermelon emoji, watermelon emoji." Mandy Rose, yeah, Charbel, oh, we miss you.
3: I thought he was referencing Juro's uh,
2: jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Boy,
3: did I! Let, did let's I let's
2: keep it as that. Yeah, yeah, Juro's jacket and Mandy Rose. Did
3: I forget? Did I forget who was wearing that? Feedback?
2: Mm. Of course, of course, Charbel.
3: Well, this there you have it. Seven children. <laughs>
2: He's going to go and listen to be our guest now, I think, and have some fun um, inside joke right there. But that brings us to an end for this week. Uh, we will be back. I'll be joined by John Ceno tomorrow for BD Elite as we talk all about AEW Dynamite. And I'll be back with John Ceno on Thursday for the Big Fat Wrestling Quiz of the Year. Um, and then all the other Do in
3: to find out if Davey and John Ceno can coexist.
2: Can we coexist uh yeah, let, let's not have any falling outs on on BD Elite tomorrow. Uh because we've got a big match coming up. Uh but yeah, so much coming up on the Patreon. Check out all the socials, we'll keep you updated with what's going on. Um give us uh go on, throw, throw us a fiver, go and subscribe, patreon.com/slash up next. So much there in the back catalogs to keep you busy over, over these holidays. Um, but that brings us to an end tonight. Uh, Jesse. Any final words, anything you'd like to plug? Where can we find you? Uh,
3: No, I'm good.
2: You're good. Awesome. Well, I'm good too. Take care, guys. Be safe and happy holidays. Ahoy!